If you feel turned off or even disgusted by healthy, secure partners, or if you find yourself sabotaging or pushing away your partner when they're treating you well, then you might have an avoidant or disorganized attachment style. The good news is that you can always learn to become more secure no matter what. I also used to be disorganized myself, so pay attention to this episode. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Welcome back to the Inner Child Podcast. My name is Gloria Zhang. I'm a psychotherapist, inner child coach, and I'm here to help you overcome your childhood wounds, people-pleasing, and improve your low self-worth. So last week, we actually made it onto a couple of top 200 podcast charts for mental health. I believe it was Canada and Australia. So I was freaking out. I was like, whoa! I was totally freaking out at home. So I want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing and the amazing reviews that you've been leaving. As a big thank you, I've created a free guide to inner child healing for you. It's going to be available once this podcast comes out on my website. So go to bygloriazang.com. That's B-Y-Gloriazang. Or just click the link in the show notes and just put in your email and you will get access to my free guide. It's beautifully designed. It's for those who are either brand new to inner child healing, or if you just want to brush up on some exercises and strategies to actually help you get in touch with that inner child. So on the internet, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of different inner child exercises. I've really narrowed it down for you. Just a couple that are very, very effective that I found have been the most helpful for my clients personally. So I've made it easy for you. Just go onto the website, click the link, get your free guide, and we're good to go. So that's my big thank you. The reason I created this podcast in the first place was I wish I had something like this to listen to when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, struggling, even when I was in my early 20s, trying to figure my own stuff out. Back then, I only had some YouTube videos, some books that I was getting into, but I wish I had someone that just told this stuff to me so I didn't have to figure this out, you know, all this inner child stuff all on my own later on in life. So this entire podcast is a passion project for me. It's my baby, and I'm just so excited to have you all along with me on this ride. Okay, today we're diving back into dating, relationships, and attachment styles, particularly avoidant or disorganized ones. So questions have been pouring in on Instagram after I started the podcast. So I'm going to be answering two questions and combining them into one today. And of course, if you want to join the conversation and check out my free daily posts and inspiration that I put on my Instagram feed, follow me at by Gloria Zhang. That's B-Y Gloria Zhang on Instagram. I have the same handle on everything, so it's not hard to find. (laughs) 
So the first question was submitted by Vicky. Vicky says, "Hi Gloria, after listening to your episodes, I realized that all the men I have dated have had issues with either their mom or dad, and by that I mean they have been abandoned by their father or mother. Does that mean I feel attracted to men that have the same issue as me? None of these relationships have worked out." And the second question was submitted by Tories. Tori says, "Hi Gloria, my relationships have been with amazing and caring men. However, I feel like it's fake love, or that they want to give me the father love I never had." Thank you both for submitting your questions. Now I'm going to let you know first that the reason I lumped these two questions together, although they sound like very different things, they're both related to avoidant qualities. In attachment style, and I'm going to explain exactly what I mean by this. And just as a disclaimer, I am a former disorganized attachment person, <laughs> which means I have the best of both worlds. I know what it's like to have that anxious side to your style, and I know what it's like to have the avoidant style. Sometimes all at the exact same time, which is extremely confusing. So I want you to notice that in both of these questions, in both situations, there is a gravitation towards what's familiar to us, even if it's not in our best interest. And there's a commonality here. So, in a nutshell, what attachment styles really are? So we have secure, anxious, avoidant, disorganized. They are really just strategies that you have learned to help you meet your social needs. And your personal needs—they come all the way back from childhood. So the anxious attachment style is about clinging on, right? It's the "don't leave me," and the avoidant attachment style is "you're going to hurt me. I can't trust you, so I'm going to pull back." But you see that in both situations, the root core wound is the exact same. It's about fear of getting hurt, but they're just different ways of trying to meet that need. Depending on how you grew up, so if you've developed into becoming more of an avoidantly attached person, it's really just because that avoidant style is the one that's actually helped you the most growing up. That's the style that helped you get those needs met, as opposed to trying another style, right? So, for example, I mean, there's different ways of why you can become avoidant. You can become avoidant due to neglect growing up. Avoidance can also happen if you had a helicopter or a smothering parent that was always in your space all the time, and so it didn't feel like you had boundaries. It didn't feel safe to be close, so you would rather want to push them away. Avoidance can also be developed from a lack of trust or from abuse, where the person that was supposed to take care of you was also the person that was causing you harm, and so. It becomes very confusing, right? Do I move towards or do I move away from? Now, if you're more of a disorganized attachment style, it means that neither strategy helped you meet your need. So you've tried getting closer, you've tried moving away from, and neither one is helping. So you're constantly sort of in the state of anxiety of ping ponging and bouncing back and forth between these different strategies, and it's making you cuckoo. And this was my life for most of my life. To be quite honest, I was just, you know, clinging on to people and pushing them away, and it's a really awful feeling. It really is. 
I also just want to mention that disorganized attachment style, it's also known as fearful avoidant. So it's just different terminology. So one is supposed to describe the child, one describes the adult. But, you know, to be honest, in my opinion, it's just too much lingo, too many different words. It gets very confusing for people who are learning about this for the first time. So I just prefer to keep things simple. I think disorganized, avoidant, anxious describes it very well. <laughs> so in case you're wondering, you know, why I'm only using the first terms, it's just to keep things simple. So back to the question, why do we gravitate towards what's familiar? And if you're more of an avoidant type, why do you feel so much resistance when there's someone there who's willing to give you that love that you really deserve and somehow we're pushing them away? So I'm going to talk to you today about what deactivation strategies are and why deactivation strategies are not really your intuition. And we get them confused sometimes when we feel this sort of resistance towards people who are treating us well. We feel all this resistance build up and we start to think that it's our intuition telling us to pull away. So sometimes it is, but if there's a pattern going on where perhaps you are a serial monogamist or in every single situation you find that you're the one who's ending it or pulling out the stops and then when you look back, you realize there's nothing really wrong. If there's a pattern going on, then you might want to consider what these deactivation strategies are. So a deactivation strategy is when you feel scared about getting close to someone. And it's probably best described through an example. So back when I was in school, I think it was in my early 20s. I was like 20 years old or something at the time. And at that time, I had my very first secure, loving boyfriend. He was honestly amazing, very sweet guy, very giving, and just a wonderful person. And so what happened in our relationship was things were really great for about the first six months. But then six months passed, and my old patterns at the time that I wasn't aware of yet were starting to surface. I just couldn't believe that this person truly loved me so much and was willing to give so much to me. I just couldn't believe it because I had a very poor perception of myself. I didn't have a lot of self-worth, maybe almost non-existent at that time. And so what happened was the way that he was treating me was inconsistent with how I truly felt about myself. I had all of my old core beliefs going on about abandonment, about self-worth, so on one hand, I didn't really believe that this guy truly loved me. I also didn't believe I was good enough for him. And I was scared that if I allowed myself to surrender to his love, that it would just crush me if it was taken away, right? It felt so scary to get close. So honestly, I sabotaged that relationship. I really did. I would feel all this insecurity when pictures of his ex-girlfriend popped up. And at that point, I didn't know how to take responsibility for my own feelings first. So I would just get all this triggered feeling like it would just well up this rage and jealousy well up inside me. And I didn't know how to process that emotion by myself. So I projected that onto him. I would blame him for my feelings of jealousy because, you know, I was just a little baby at that point, right? Like I didn't know how to work through these things and I didn't understand that it was my inner child who was feeling activated by all of these big feelings. 
And so, you know, eventually I ended up breaking up with him because I was so scared of getting close. So in this case, I brought out more of the avoidant strategies and I did all of the deactivation strategies. So here's what some deactivation strategies are. Nitpicking at your partner's flaws, romanticizing about the one or romanticizing about the one that got away or overindulging and over fantasizing about fictional characters, TV dramas, <laughs> TV shows and movies or actors and actresses, fantasizing about cheating, right? Fantasizing about being with someone else or even just flat out planning your escape. So you may be wondering, Gloria, why, like, why do we do these things? Like, how does this all work out? And the answer is that we do these strategies to distance ourselves and to cut off that connection if we feel like it's getting too scary. So if you're wondering, why do I feel so turned off or disgusted or repulsed by my partner when they're being so nice and I'm getting all these defense mechanisms coming up? So if you want to think about the emotion of disgust, right? When do we feel disgust? Well, we feel disgusted when we smell foods that are expired, <laughs> when we're around you know, poisonous, toxic things. So the feeling of disgust and aversion actually has a biological reason for it. And it's to make us feel averse to things that are going to hurt us, right? It makes us move away from. So again, it's just one of these deactivation strategies that are trying to protect us. And there's really no deeper meaning to it. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't necessarily mean that that person is bad for you. It's a defense mechanism. It's there to protect you. Feelings of disgust are normal in a sense where it can happen temporarily sometimes when women become pregnant or when women go off their hormone pills or, you know, on their menstrual cycle or even during breastfeeding. And after that period goes away, the feeling goes away too. So try not to internalize that feeling of disgust as meaning something about yourself so deeply and so strongly. Just remember that it's just like all of these other deactivation strategies. It's just a protective mechanism, if you will. So it is a strategy and it's a way that you've learned to protect yourself from getting hurt. Now, obviously, you're in a time where that strategy is no longer serving you anymore. But because these old beliefs have been so deeply ingrained, and perhaps your inner child wounds haven't been resolved yet, these deactivation strategies are just running on autopilot, really. So you're not consciously trying to do these things. And that's why compassionate self-responsibility is such, such an important part of inner child work. Because yes, we are becoming accountable for our actions. But we have to talk about things in a way that are self-compassionate towards ourselves. Because again, we're not doing these things on purpose and we're not trying to be a quote-unquote bad person. You had to learn how to use these strategies to survive growing up, right? So really, we have to thank our inner child for being strong enough to get us through those tough times. And we have to thank our system for trying to look out for you the best way that it can and at the same time, understanding that it's time to release some of these strategies because obviously this is not what we really want. We don't want to 
cut ourselves off from true connections and from relationships that will actually bring us so much joy and fulfillment in our life. And that in these situations, when we feel ready, we want to feel like we're willing to take the risk, willing to take the risk of becoming intimate, becoming vulnerable, taking that leap of faith with that person who has built up trust over time. Now, one of the values and principles of inner child work, I coined this term recently, and I call it stories over symptoms, stories over symptoms. And what that means is when there is an issue that we're looking at here, we want to avoid looking at just the symptoms, just the surface layer stuff that's going on. And we want to get underneath that to look at what the story is. What's the story or the pattern or the narrative that's actually driving this behavior? That's actually, you know, producing these symptoms that's showing up in all these different places. Otherwise, if you just look at the symptom, for example, it might just be anxiety or the symptom might be that you're single, right? Or that you can't seem to find a partner. That's just the symptom. And if we're only looking at the surface layer stuff, well, you're just going to be playing whack-a-mole for the rest of your life, right? You're just trying to put out fires without really understanding what's causing those fires in the first place, which is the story. So stories over symptoms is the way to think. And just to put in a quick plug here, I am coming out with my signature program. I think I'm going to call it the Inner Child Academy. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet, but it's going to be a comprehensive program with group coaching involved to help you actually identify and release these old patterns that are getting in the way of your relationships, of your choices. And stories over symptoms is one of the big pillars that we're going to address in my program. So it's coming out in the summer. And if you want to get on the wait list, click in the show notes to just put in your email and we'll let you know when that rolls out. So how to know if these are truly deactivation strategies or if it's your intuition telling you that there's some red flags going on here, right? So I want you to really pay attention to this one because I can't tell you what's true for you. It's different for everyone. However, I can tell you how to listen to yourself in a way that you're truly honoring your feelings. So sometimes if you get these weird feelings around someone, it really is your intuition telling you to get the heck out of there, right? So you definitely want to pay attention to these feelings when they're coming up. Always, always honor your feelings because your feelings are always telling you something, even if it's not the surface layer or something. However, this feeling can also be telling you that there is a pattern going on here. There is a story that's producing these symptoms. And the way to know that is to look at your dating history. Go back and, you know, even like make an Excel spreadsheet of the people that you've dated and really objectively look at them to see what was the common denominator here, right? Now, if you're finding that in your history, you have also been dating people who truly were genuinely good partners to you, and you still ran away from those relationships, then perhaps the common denominator is you. It's possible. So if there is a pattern that you might be using these deactivation strategies to avoid getting close to anybody, therefore, 
you know, look into your attachment style. See if you relate to avoidant attachment style or disorganized attachment style. Once you're really, really honest with yourself and thoroughly examining all these things, then I want you to look within and get in touch with that inner child to see what they are truly afraid of. Now, this is a little bit of mindfulness that I want to introduce to you, because while it's great to think about these things and really get in our heads and try to analyze ourselves, sometimes we just need to stop thinking so hard and move from our heads to our hearts and connect with our feelings. So what you can do is place your hand on your heart and just connect with that little child inside. Or you can go to that free guide that I linked in my show notes and go through some of those exercises. It honestly just takes about five minutes to take a breather, to listen internally, and ask your little child inside, what is it that you're really afraid of here? Now, here are some possibilities about what you might hear. Does your inner child believe that real love doesn't really exist? Does your inner child believe that they're not good enough to be deserving? Does your inner child believe that they have to be someone else in order to be worthy of love and affection? Or does your child believe that secure love is smothering and boring and that they're afraid that they're going to be bored of being in this kind of relationship? which isn't true, of course, right? What is that underlying fear that might be driving this deactivation strategy? So really pay attention here and give yourself some space to produce an answer. Now, if you're coming back here and thinking, Gloria, I'm not really getting an answer. I'm trying to think and I can't. It means that you're getting too much in your head, right? You're way too much up here. And you just want to move down here to your heart and feel into it. You can't think your way into this, right? You have to feel your way into it and really embody and get in touch with that younger version part of you. Now, once you've identified what your deactivation strategies are, whether it is that you tend to criticize or you tend to fantasize, and you've identified the underlying fear that's driving these deactivation strategies, then you want to practice the next part, which is learning to take a pause and not acting on these strategies right away. So this is a way where you still want to honor those feelings, but you want to give yourself a pause so that you can respond intentionally and not just reacting. So here's an example of what happened to me in that relationship I told you about. The reason I kept spiraling into sabotaging this relationship was that every time I started nitpicking him, every time I started fantasizing about Korean drama actors, it would just totally freak me out. I would seriously start thinking, oh my God, why am I fantasizing about this person? Why am I nitpicking at my partner? This must mean that they're not the right person for me, right? And you're probably doing the same thing. You might be thinking that if you truly loved your partner, if they were the right one, that you wouldn't be having these thoughts at all. And that is simply not true because if you have this type of attachment styles, you probably will do these things because 
This is what makes you avoidant. These are the strategies that you had to learn in order to protect yourself and to preserve your sense of independence. So, bottom line, just because you have those thoughts doesn't mean that this is the wrong relationship for you. Recognize that you're having a reaction, right? You're feeling a deactivation strategy, and so. Once you notice it, you want to ask yourself, okay, what is it that's triggering me into using these strategies right now? Do I just need some space? Right? Am I spending too much time with my partner, and I just need a little bit of time for myself to collect myself, to process, and to think some things through? Or was it something that your partner said or did that made you feel scared or worried? And so your natural intuition is to put the walls up. Right. So figure out what exactly has triggered that fear, which then triggered these deactivation strategies. And then once you figure that out, you will want to let your partner know in a very kind, loving way that you just need a little bit of time. Maybe you need a couple of hours to think to yourself, or just let them know that you need the day to process some internal things, and that you want to reconnect with them later on. Right, so there are ways of communicating this, and I definitely would check out the Gottman Institute for some tips and strategies on communicating with your partner. And that's it—you've <laughs> done it. It takes a little bit of practice to get used to this way of dealing with these sides of you, but bottom line is to really become compassionate. Be so compassionate to yourself that you're willing to understand why these thoughts are coming up. And just like all thoughts, just because you have certain thoughts doesn't mean as much as you think it does, right? I think we're all sold this Hollywood idea. You know, I sometimes feel like even in pop psychology, there's sort of this romanticizing of what a healthy relationship look like. That somehow healthy relationships never have any conflict at all. That there's never any thoughts or feelings of fantasizing about other people. Or that we never nitpick at our partners when really it happens, and it doesn't mean that that's the end of the relationship, right? It just means that there's an old pattern coming into play, and that we just have to deal with it, and that that can be the end of it. We can move on. Okay, I've been going for a while here, so let's move to the call to action. Number one of call to action: learn what your deactivation strategies are. Whether it's nitpicking at your partner, focusing on their flaws, fantasizing, planning your escape, recognize that just because you're having these thoughts doesn't mean that the relationship is in danger, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not right for you. It's just a reaction coming from these stories or these beliefs that your inner child has that aren't completely resolved yet. However. Do pay attention to them because sometimes they are your intuition telling you that it's a red flag. But if you're finding that you have a history of running away from healthy relationships, then perhaps the common denominator is you, and it's not other people, and that we have to look at it from the perspective of attachment styles. So, like I said, stories over symptoms—that's one of the principles of inner child healing that I teach personally, as well as introspection. Right. So, notice how in all of these episodes, I talk a lot about inner introspection, and that's because 
other people can serve as mirrors for us. What I mean by that is, when we are reacting to others, that reaction can tell us and teach us so much about ourselves. And at the end of the day, we have the most control over ourselves. So, learning to look within and examine these reactions that you're having is one of the best ways that you can heal that inner child, because you can learn to respond mindfully. And with intention, instead of just reacting to things and not knowing why you're reacting to them. Number two is to get that free guide to inner child healing on my website. I hope you forgive me for plugging this, but I'm so proud of creating this guide, and I just really want you to have it. So get that free guide and start working on those exercises to get in touch with your inner child today. Step number three is once you have identified your deactivation strategies, you want to take a mindful pause and look at what exactly happened that triggered those old fears to come up, which therefore led to using these deactivation strategies. Do you just need a bit of space, right? Or are you feeling jealous? Are you feeling afraid of getting too close? And then whatever it is, use a compassionate and kind way of. Telling your partner that you just need a little bit of space to figure things out, and just ask for what you need. Right? Check out the Gottman Institute for effective ways of communicating this to your partner, so that you can practice putting your feelings into words and also helping your partner understand what's going on inside for you. And that's going to help the both of you because they can't read what's going on inside your mind, even if they've been with you for a long time. And it's going to build up your confidence knowing that you can ask for a pause. You can ask for some time by yourself if that's truly what you need. Yeah, that's it for today. That was a pretty good one, I think. Pretty proud of this episode, especially because. I used to feel all of this, right? The reason I'm telling you all of this is because I personally know what it feels to be having all these thoughts come up and really doubting myself and not understanding why I'm having these thoughts, even when I really love the person, and just being very confused on what they really mean, right? So hit me up on Instagram and tell me what your progress has been like with all of these tips and tools. I'm so so proud of all of you just for tuning in and deciding to put yourself first today, because a little bit is going to come a long way, and with time you're going to see a difference in your self-esteem. You're going to see a difference in the choices that you make and in your relationships. Okay, mwah. see you all later. I will talk to you next week. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot, so thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at bygloriazang or visit bygloriazang.com. If you're a high achiever or an entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words "high achiever" and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in, Bestie. I've got something for you. If you think this show deserves a five-star review, we'll send you my free Inner Child Starter Kit as a thank you for your support, which contains exclusive wallpapers and resources for you to download. To get your kit, just upload a screenshot of your review on Apple or Spotify to my webpage. 
bygloriazang.com slash reviews. The link is also in the show notes. There you can also check out my healing sessions and programs at bygloriazang.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and I will meet you in the next episode. Mwah!